Yo, welcome back to the National Podcast. I'm your host, National Avs, John Schneidman. And with me, back by at least some of our audience popular demand, <laughs> so, some people wanted you back, Brendan. The one and only Brendan Flynn. The Sergei Kislyak to your General Michael Flynn. Um, yeah, let's go with that. In that we hang out occasionally, you always lie about it, and you're very comfortable telling people in public that you've never met me. (laughs) (laughs) How long did it take you to think of that line? The multiple manifestations of the joke, certainly, they just kept coming. But uh, I'll definitely say an embarrassing amount of time. (laughs) However, That that felt very rehearsed for an improv. However, in my defense... At least 60% of that time was making sure I knew how to say Sergei Kislyak. <laughs> there was a lot of research involved in making that joke. Absolutely. So that makes you, me feel much really better. Like to commit to your craft. I have to give you that. Here's the thing. You know, you don't have me on. You, you know, you're talking to these professionals. You're talking to people who are experts in their field. You're talking yeah. to a uh, friend of the pod and friend of us in real life, Nick Day, who's got really strong political opinions. So when you come on and you need a piece of shit, I'm going to be rehearsed, if nothing else. You know, it's, it's, I try to make this, uh, make this show like an album. Not every track can be a hit. Absolutely. You need some you know, deep tracks, and, and I'm glad I have you on for the deep tracks. I'm when I'm 64, you know? Like, nobody's listened to Sgt. Pepper's for that, but I Excuse still Excuse me, it. some people listen to when I'm 64. I'm going to look at the Sgt. Pepper's track list and decide which one you are. You are... Don't make me build in the hole. <laughs> no, you're good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. How dare you? <laughs> good morning has a lot of streams. Don't worry about it. I am a... I, okay, here's the thing. I know I'm not Mr. Kite, okay? I'm not saying I'm crazy over here. Not but Nick, I just like, Nick's Mr. Kite. Exactly. I would just like to be nice, hummable, lovable when I'm 64. That's tough because you're good morning, good morning. <laughs> Okay, enough navel-gazing. How are you, Brendan? I am better than I have been in weeks, John, if you had asked me that question, truly. Is that because... Hold on, hold on, I'm checking the clock. I'm checking checking to see what time it is, because it may be time for some game theory? John, I think it's time for some game theory. Is it time for some game theory? I think we need to get Eric Garland on the phone, and I think it's just time to get down to brass tacks there is a vote coming on Thursday, which is tomorrow. On Acha? On Acha! Acha! Acha, yeah. Acha or Acha, or Rump, Trump Care, oh. or Rump Care, or Ryan Care, or Big Rump thing. Care. Maybe we'll I feel like Rump Care. Rump Care is misleading because that would imply that your rump is covered under this, and unless you're rich, no part of you is helped by the okay. passing of this legislation. So we're recording this on Wednesday night. And it seems like as we're recording it, Trump is negotiating with the most hardline members of his own party to get them to <laughs> support this piece of shit legislation. For the record, negotiating personally, correctly? Personally. Correct? Well, of course, yeah. he's, the, he's the great deal maker. Art of the deal <laughs> himself. The ratings machine. <laughs> Who was it that um, some member of Congress tweeted and then follow at him and then followed up that sometimes the easiest way to reach him and get a hold of him was to just tweet at him. Wasn't it Grassley? It might have been Chuck Grassley. Fucking ancient Chuck Grassley who had to leave the <laughs> Gorsuch the Supreme Court hearing early because he wanted to make his bedtime. That's a real thing that happened. Well here's the thing. 
he could stay there and pretend like this is a contentious fight and that Gorsuch might not get confirmed and that the answer to these questions matter, like him finding out that some of his views on legislation are currently in opposition to constitutional findings. I'm just going to go ahead and rest my head because I'm Chuck Grassley and I know that none of this really matters. Who knows? Who knows? What do you say who knows? Are to kill the filibuster over Neil fucking Gorsuch? Here's my thing. When Democrats are meeting with living turtle Mitch McConnell and asking him to for somehow preserve the filibuster if they just let Gorsuch through so that the next time, in case we really hate your nominee, then you're going to play nice to the guy who basically slowed government to a grinding halt for eight years in hopes that it would sink his opposition. I feel like you're making a deal with the devil implies like there's some sort of trickery involved. And this is just so blatant. Yeah, you're asking to be fucked sideways. It's like people who go on Survivor and who have never seen it before after 20 years and and are just expecting that everyone who says, like, yeah, we're really going to help you win this immunity idol or trust us. Like, when you get to the final, we're totally going to give you the million. You're so nice and so green. And then everyone at home is just like, oh, my God, where have you been for the last 20 years? Right. Yeah, no, you're fucked. Um, I think that's how Survivor worked for the record. I have not seen Survivor in 20 years. You've never watched an episode of Survivor? Um, I've seen... Even the, the one with the Northwestern grad? I might have know? seen like half an episode. I certainly did not watch any of that season. I went on Survivor.com. Ah. She did well. She made the finals. Shout out to Hannah Shapiro. Shout out Hannah Shapiro. Shout out Northwestern. Go okay. Cats. Shout out Northwestern basketball. Yeah. So let's, let's get back on track. Is Akka going to pass? Is it gonna pass? I mean, every reasoning part of me says no, and that has led me to believe over the last year and a half that if that is the way I feel, then it certainly is going to pass, then I'm in the wrong. Okay, here's a better question. Will yes. it pass the House, and then will it become law? It will not become law of the land. Okay. I don't think it has a prayer in the Senate. I also, I mean... It seems like every single Republican wants this bill to die, but nobody wants to be the Republican that killed it. That seems fair. I mean, so what do you think more likely just at this time with this vote scheduled for tomorrow? Is it more likely that the Speaker will withdraw this bill and so they can, quote, work on it more and save it being defeated, or that they go through this vote tomorrow? I think it's going to be difficult to convince Trump that the vote shouldn't happen. Seems like it might be difficult to convince that man of anything there, John. But that's the point. Like, he doesn't like taking an L, and he knows if they... <laughs> but I'm serious. It, he doesn't like taking an L, and he knows that if they withdraw the bill, then it looks weak, and he's not going to want Paul Ryan to do it. And if Paul Ryan does do it, he's going <laughs> to shipwreck Paul Ryan on Twitter. The best part of this is that it comes from such a simplistic understanding of what taking an L is... Uh, in the legislative process that for him, it would look worse to not put a bill up, rework it and then put something on the floor. Then, you know, that would look like, you know, they're cowards because then putting something up. that's not going to pass. Cause he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit about the policy. It doesn't affect him. He doesn't give a shit. He's just been convinced that he needs to do this first. 
He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care. He doesn't know what's in the fucking bill. All he cares about is something. He doesn't know, John. I I would love for some reporter to ask John about to explain what the bill does. Did he not see Paul Ryan's PowerPoint presentation? Not a fucking chance. Not a fucking chance. I mean, Paul Ryan even rolled up his sleeves to let us know it was time to get down to business. I know, and Trump didn't watch a second of it. And Trump watches cable news all day, and he found that boring. <sighs> Trump doesn't know what's in this bill. I like I I am one hundred percent certain. Okay, like I don't Here's even a... know if yeah, yeah, it's he has no idea what the policy is. Well, here's a fun question. I mean, how many – give me a percentage of members of the House of Representatives who have a real grasp on what this would mean. Um, I think a lot of them. I think most of them. I think they'd be insane not to. Well, it's, I mean, I guess let me, let me put it another way. Is their opposition at this point coming from the fact that this has been introduced so recently so there's a lot of – figuring out that still has to be done about this bill and considering we don't real excuse me we don't really know its long-term impacts so people are scared that we don't have enough information or are members of congress looking at this and just able to say already that this is flat bad i think any member of congress i mean like there's the house freedom caucus which is ideological and just has a notion that the government should not be involved in health in the health insurance industry at all did you see the memo that uh, members of the Freedom Caucus and uh, skeptical members of the House Republican Party were sent today? No, what did it say? Um, I believe it said, the speaker requests, the speaker will be meeting with your boss tonight at 8 p.m. <laughs> oh, wow, threatening. <laughs> you know when uh, Paul you know, throws the title around, he's really feeling it. Yeah, I'm sure he's really feeling hot. Dude, how yeah, hard so these House Freedom guys FDX. are ideological and don't want to vote for a thing that constitutes government involvement in the health insurance industry. But is and, I mean is but that's what they're voting for, and moderates know that it would fuck over loads of people. Like they know, they know, and senators know too, which is why this thing is DOA in the Senate. They know it would epically fuck over their states. I mean, they know it would be calamitous politically down the line. Just yeah, calamitous. I, 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 I'll agree with you on the point that healthcare is so present in people's lives and so personal to people that unlike other legislation, even when you're talking about things that should be personal like private security, etc., there is something fundamental about people's healthcare that makes this feel so critical to people that this kind of Voting against this, I feel like, would actually be remembered and stick with members of Congress in the way that, like, things like the Patriot Act weren't, you know? Yeah. I think it's impossible to, you know, I, I think it's impossible to kind of separate what Trump ran on from why people voted for him. Like, people voted for him because he thought they were going to make their lives better. And if their sure. lives don't get better, they're going to, that's the political gravity that's attached to him if he doesn't keep his promises but again those people have to pay attention i mean there are people in that camp who voted for him who were swayed by the argument somehow that democrats are the reason that congress didn't work for the for eight years under obama yes but once republicans are in power if their lives don't get better 
Like the, the proof is in the pudding. Republicans control every letter of, lever of the federal government right now. And so if they can't do anything, which, by the way, the fact that they have done nothing for the past two months speaks volumes. They've that achieved descri- nothing of substance. The description of them having control over every lever of government just gives me the image of a control room, just a giant pad with Donald Trump swooning, spinning in the chair on his phone as Reince Priebus is like frantically sweating and, and just trying to pull all these levers and keep everything running. Yep. I mean, like, let's not forget, I mean, I'll, we'll stick with Trump for a second. Like, these yes. people are very stupid. <laughs> They're just very, very well, stupid. is he... Who else is stupid? I I think as a institution, the Trump yeah. White House is stupid. Totally. And I, I seriously question Steve Bannon's intelligence. I don't think he's an evil genius. You don't think he's an evil genius? No, I don't. I think if you listen to him talk, he sounds like a bad freshman philosophy term paper. Like, he, he just uses big words to, stub, to substitute for critical thought. You know, like nation state. That's actually, it's not even that he uses big words. He uses fancy words for simple concepts. Like, he says nation state a lot. Sure. <laughs> Which sounds I mean, fancier than country. <laughs> he certainly is a crazy person. I, I, I mean, hmm. Which I is not to did... underestimate him. Which is not yeah. to underestimate, okay. like, the forces of populism. I don't say he's stupid because... Like, and thus we shouldn't worry about him. We should worry about him. But I think he misread, or the Trump White House as an institution misread why they were elected. And I think it's incredibly stupid of them to hitch their wagon to Paul Ryan. What the fuck are they doing? What are their options? I mean, where else do you look for leadership? Like, in, in in, in a real world, why would they not try to pass an actually generous healthcare bill? With Democratic votes. Because that goes against their ideology. But Trump's ideology, he has said it many times, health care for everybody. Low cost. Body, 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 body. But if you're in the House, why do you why do you care what the president what law he wants to pass? I mean what what, what effect should that have on you? If you're a Democrat or yeah. I mean like I'm talking for the Democrats. I'm talking for, well, for anybody. I mean, like, these Republicans have shown that they're willing to capitulate to Trump all they want. Mm-hmm. So why, if you're Trump, and you've already seen that, like, why would you give them anything they want? Why wouldn't you dictate every single process when you have a feel for what's popular? That's what's crazy about this, is that Trump has had a genuine fe- good feel for what is popular amongst his base. And this won't be. This will, in fact, be calamitous. Which he apparently, I mean, there's that interview, maybe O'Reilly, there's that interview where someone, you know, said there are these counties that voted for Obama and then voted for you, and they are going to be, you know, some of the hardest hit by this. And, you know, Trump in the way that, where he is, appears to be responding to something, but you can tell his mind is off, is on his fried chicken that he's about to have while he's watching Fox News. And he says, you know, oh, I know. He doesn't. I, I, I still honestly think he doesn't know what's in the bill and the effects it would have on people. I mean, he's a genuinely not curious person. So as long <laughs> as he's told by somebody that it's better, then he'll listen to it. Because he doesn't want to have to read. I mean, 
do we take in more, you know, actual news, you know, developing stories than the president does every day? <laughs> I think we actively seek out more information than the president does every day. I think I read more about policy than the president does every day. <sighs> that is a disheartening thought. I mean, has a single story you've read about this president involved him, I don't know, reading? Not really. You know, John, when at the beginning of this I said I was doing great, you made me a little sadder. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to. I don't mean to you, make you sad. You've reminded me of our political mortality. Um, so yeah, there's all these personality things, and, and all those things are rough as they are, and they kind of appear that they're going to be constant. I mean... The people looking for a change, I think that's the people, I think they're going to be disappointed. We can agree on that at this point, right? I mean, we could have agreed upon that (laughs) on November 9th. Yeah, the foreign policy stuff is just what's really uh, concerning me. Yeah, it's bad. This bizarre, long-standing obsession with nuclear weapons on top of just a complete disregard for any sense of decorum when meeting people or talking about people. <sighs> so then I guess we better hope that the golden shower tape comes out before he does any real damage, right? John, I think you're going to get your P-tape. <laughs> all I want is my P-tape. That's all I want. I mean, I don't want to see it. I just want it to exist. <laughs> Are you telling me if it came out, you would not watch it? Ooh, do you watch it? Of course! Are you kidding me? I mean, I mean, I You're think, telling me the sitting pre- there's a tape of the you know now sitting president of the United States asking some Russian prostitutes to pee on a mattress. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to watch it at least once. Are you kidding? Just once? <laughs> I mean, it depends. It depends on the angles and stuff. So what? Wait, I guess my question is, what would prevent you from watching it? That it's gross. Yeah, I mean, just like a grody factor. Sure. How many times did people watch this Zapruder film? Somebody died. <laughs> this Fair. is the, this would be the new Zapruder film. <laughs> when people analyze like the Zapruder film, <laughs> as you can see, uh, the stream is coming at a forty-five degree angle. It's the magic stream, my friends. <laughs> Stops in midair, mind you. Takes a hard turn left, back I... into the left, back. <sighs> Into the left. I could see it. I honestly could see him being the one taping it. You know, if it just comes out that he was the one who recorded it because he wanted to show his friends. You and I both know he doesn't know how to work a video camera. <laughs> no, I was thinking maybe on his phone. You and I both know he doesn't know how to use a camera <laughs> on his phone. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, I- have I given you my hot take on the tweets? And, like, why they have not really resonated with people as a threat? With, like, common people? What do you mean? Just his tweets in general? Yeah, his tweets in general. <laughs> sure, no, I don't know if I've got this take. Okay, two two reasons. One, they're called tweets. They sound innocuous and ridiculous. Totally. And something that's called a tweet, it's difficult for people to take seriously. I 100% and agree with that. Two, we have no footage of him on his phone. And so I think there's a mental disconnect uh-huh. for many people between the tweets and the guy writing them. Sure. I think it's difficult for people who don't use Twitter regularly to have that vision in their mind that they actually 
that those statements actually come out of the grubby little baby hands <laughs> of our current president. I think that's totally fair. Um, there's something to be said for the fact that a lot of the media, and I think is fair to, treats the tweets that come from his account as, you know, presidential statements. Uh, you know, let's say the president has said. You which, have to. Which seems that to give it other authority than, you know, I saw a tweet. And I think in the reality, they are the same thing, especially because he does not speak to the public. You know, yeah. it's crazy. We never see the president answering questions. We never see him. You never, you know, there's the occasional O'Reilly interview now. But this is not only a direct line to the president. It appears that viewing his tweets are, is the only line to the president's thoughts. Right. And, he and has so I, said that. And so I, I think that makes them more important, although I agree with you that it, it does not make it any easier to communicate to the public. I, I'd also throw on, I think there's something about his syntax that also makes them seem less threatening. There's something inherently funny and goofy about the way he writes. Right. In unintentional comedy. Right. You know, oh my God, there's this buffoon with the, the handle POTUS who is tweeting about how sad it is that uh, a foreign leader with nuclear weapons, you know, had a tough day. Yeah, I mean, his limited vocabulary is sort of, I don't know. I think it's difficult for people to fully grasp. And, and it, there is something to the argument that I heard recently. Hmm. Unfortunately, I can't cite it. So I'm going to say it's my own. Okay. I came up with this great argument recently, which is that you talked about coverage during the campaign and how the reason the emails mattered to people and resonated with people is that the press covered Hillary Clinton like she was going to be president, and they covered Donald like he was still a celebrity. Right. And I think tweets in that context, the idea of celebrity, which is something we do have, hasn't really converted to the idea of now these are our presidential statements right in addition to them sounding silly etc etc right i will say this does make an interesting argument for the utility of language may i elaborate yeah go for it i think uh, you know there are these general we'll say I don't, you know, but like old timey, maybe coastal elite argument that we're losing the the English language, that we're degrading it, that we're just sending emojis, et cetera, et cetera. There is something to be said that with less words now, we need to be more precise than ever. You know, right. imagine imagine if the president had some form of a nuanced vocabulary and still was tweeting out these insane thoughts. We'd at least be able to interpret them in the way that he intended them to be insane and not the other possible insanities that they generally could mean. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's all I have. Okay, right. No, I, I appreciate that theory. <laughs> oh, man. What a time. And in and in this time, we get two Dave Chappelle specials. Yes, we do. Uh, I watched, uh, Brendan, you and I watched uh, the Austin, Texas one last night. Yes. I watched the L.A. one this evening. Which we since learned the L.A. was the, the later recorded one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I made a mistake. How is the L.A. one? It's great. It's awesome. 
It's it's a it's more fully realized. The okay, so it, just to open this conversation up to yes. people who are not us, the <laughs> lo, the first one, the Los Angeles one, I think it's called uh, the Age of Spin, is the better special. I mean, he's the best stand up ever, so there are yeah, hilarious sure. moments in both. But in terms of a cohesive piece. Yeah, like the the Austin one, I think it's called the Deep in the Heart of Texas, has yeah. a lot of great singles, but isn't a great album. Sure. The L.A. one is a great album. Yeah, it has it has a when I'm sixty four. It is a cohesive. Uh, it's a just a great singular hour. It's really funny. It's really funny. And, I'm and so happy to have Dave Chappelle back. Do you think that? Dave was waiting for a moment like this? Nope. Nope. I think he just felt like coming back. <laughs> sure. I don't yeah, I I think there's one coming in the later in later this year that's going to have a lot more uh current events material. Sure. Cuz he's just constantly churning out material. Yeah, like, he's I, I can't even imagine. He has so much. He had that one bit in Austin talking about he did a small bit and then talked about how he had written 40 other possible iterations of that bit and then did another one just to prove that. Yeah. I mean, he certainly has not been sitting around twiddling his thumbs. No, he has not. He uh, has certainly been spending a lot of that time, though, in the gymnasium. My dude is huge. Dave Chappelle is yoked. He is got. It's like somebody put an air hose in him and just started <laughs> pumping. He's om- like just look at a side by side of him Chappelle era, <clears throat> yeah. Chappelle show era, and now, and oh my fucking god! I don't want to be the one to say it, but it looks a little Barry Bonds playing center to Barry Bonds. No, his head okay. didn't blow up. His head is the same size. That's how you know. How many home runs do you think Chappelle's hitting this season now? Okay. Like only 30, 35. And that dude was not poking the ball out much before. <laughs> nah, he was more of a doubles hitter. But he hit the weight room, you know? It's, gotta uh, respect. You gotta respect. Gotta respect the gym rat. Like, I don't know, probably a personal weight room in the forests of Ohio. Totally. Oh my gosh. Do you think... Now he and Paul Ryan could never run into each other. Paul Ryan's from uh, Wisconsin, dude. Wisconsin, but also his uh, his workouts primarily take place in the home, right? As a as a P ninety X follower, oh they they do fit. He would, Paul Ryan would. <laughs> Between Iron Rand and P ninety X, he just loves following empty philosophies. That is a man looking for direction. That is a lost, lost man. <laughs> oh my goodness! He, I think he's. I I don't think he's looking anymore. I think he's just lost. So here, who? authored this bill like who do we like ryan's staff wrote this thing yes do we think this is exactly what they told he told them to write for the first draft for the you know the first phase i think they are absolute free market ideologues but they recognized that if they it would be colossally unpopular to take subsidies away completely yeah so they just reduced them drastically to be able to say that they're still helping people. And they still want to end Medicaid, though. They still want to end Medicaid. They've been dreaming about it since they were taking hits off the keg. Which, honestly, just worst college party ever. Could you imagine if we were at our alma mater and in our college days? and we were, Yes. I mean, 
there there are socialists who do this, but just like taking hits <laughs> off the keg, going, man, just imagine uh, if we could cut off healthcare to poor people. Just uh, what a what a dream world that is, and that's what Paul Ryan claims he was doing at college. If there was but one enemy at the moment, if the enemies weren't at the gates surrounding us, um, I think we would all have a great laugh at Paul Ryan's expense. I think he is getting really going under the the wire here because there is so much insanity for people to realize just how fucked up and the place this is coming from. Okay, here's a question. Yes. January 2018. Is Paul Ryan still Speaker of the House? Are we all still alive in this scenario? <laughs> yes, in this scenario, we're all still alive. Yes. Does Paul Ryan make it as Speaker of the House through the midterms? Or up until the midterms? Yeah, I don't think the party replaces him. I mean, there is something to this AHCA that almost feels as if people are reacting like it fell out of the sky. You know, Republicans are kind of like, well, I, this isn't what I want. This is not what I was looking for. You know, the White House at times has waxed and waned between going that direction and then going all out that people must support it. It's almost as if, you know, the people are kind of like, well, it's not what we wanted, but, you know, this is what's out there, as if they don't have the power to write legislation. Yeah, as if they don't. I mean, that's what they did for eight years, right? They didn't actually write an Obamacare replacement plan. Otherwise, well, they would have had a fucking better one. Because they're, they're, it's pretty much impossible to replace it with anything that, that meets the same ends. Well, it's impossible to replace it with anything more conservative that meets the same ends. Right, right. Like, the, that's what's kind of lost in all this, is that the only way to make a more conservative vision is to take people's health care away. And they know that's unpopular. Well... Theoret, you know, uh, that's, I mean, that's one of the great and kind of sad paradoxes of this whole thing. People fucking love Obama. They love the Affordable yeah. Care Act. Hate fucking Obamacare. Love the Affordable Care Act. Fucking love it. Help them get their health care. Help them get comprehensive plans. You know, that can't be charged too much for pre-existing conditions. It's fucking great. Uh, Obamacare. That thing that that brown dude forced upon the country, forced down our throats, hate it. Hate it. Socialism. Death panels. Rah! I mean, it's been true for a long time, but say what you will about the ideology. The Republican Party has great press. Great press people. You know, well, they, you're they... shameless enough to create a propaganda machine. I mean, that's why Democrats lose. They're not shameless enough. Well, not shameless enough, and uh, I mean, the shamelessness, it seems that at least at times the Democratic Party has drawn the line at, you know, hurting, <laughs> actually hurting taxpayers, you know, actually uh, stopping the function of the government. Right, and I mean, Republican that's tough when your argument is that government is an answer to problems, and the Republicans right. is not. Well, and... and Theoretically, you know, you just you just have less leverage when you are not willing to hurt people in order to achieve your political ends. Yep. I just when you're not willing to hold people, American. The policy. thing that's so confusing about this bill, I mean, I, I hate to keep circling back to these questions around it, but it's just if your goal is to consolidate power, as we know, it is a large part of the Republican platform. It is really. Um, 
focused and speared their voting suppression efforts uh, over many years. Right. Your goal is to stay in power pretty much regardless of ideology in a lot of cases. So why do something so unpopular? Um, it's unclear. I mean, I, I think, I think they made a promise to repeal Obamacare and now they're trying to do it and they never, they're the dogs who caught the car. Yep. It was a great line until now they're actually in power. And they, it, it's actually kind of, uh, I, I try to think what I would want if I had voted for these guys. Yeah. And if I had voted... You would want the black people to go away from your country? <laughs> right. If I had voted for, like, let's say, um, let's say Hillary had won. Yeah. And she was... Just had no, like, and and let's say the, the Democrats had all the levers of power. Okay, yep. let's oh, let's okay. say let's say the foot was on the other, let's say the shoe was on the other foot. Sure. If they came into this, if we were sixty days into it and there was not a viable health care bill, mm-hmm. or not a viable, like there were no viable steps taken, no substantive steps taken on core campaign promises, I'd be pissed. I mean, no steps have been taken on infrastructure. No steps have been taken. No real steps have been taken on all sorts of things. Sure. I mean... And the fact that the Republican Party came in just so unprepared to govern... Which steps steps back to... I mean, there was... Everyone, including the Russians, you know, no one expected this to happen. Right. Right. Let's, for our last topic, let's cover uh, all the Russian, all today's crazy Russia-palooza. (laughs) Yeah. Let's, uh, when you say all of them, let's just stick it to today's news. Yes. And maybe a little bit tomorrow, and I think that would provide 10 episodes worth of content. Oh my god. Serial season three. I'm over cereal. Only the national podcast now. Oh my god! So we woke up this morning to a news notifi- to a notification from the AP uh, that yes. Paul Manafort basically had a super secret contract to do dirty deeds for Putin for a lot of money, ten million dollars a year. How much would your <laughs> loyalty cost, Brendan? How much would it cost you to subvert American democracy? <sighs> okay. Five years ago, uh, it would have been really tough. I mean, if I'm being honest, you know, maybe 25 mil a year, something. I, I would want more than mil? Manafort. Yeah. At what point is like, what's the difference between 10 million and 25 million? That feels like diminishing returns to me. Yeah, but like the when I have zero million dollars, it feels like a huge difference. <laughs> right. That's fair. I want to invest some, you know, I, I have my reasons, okay? You're asking me to betray the country. I can ask for an extra $15 million. Right. That's what, that's what it costs. Unlike Paul Manafort, my purer heart of gold is going to take more to turn. So he was already Paul, right. Are you saying Paul Manafort should have negotiated for more? Absolutely. Do Unless you, do, do you think uh, nefarious spy networks hoping to subvert democracy around the globe have a salary cap? That would be was it a cap issue? Utterly fascinating. Five years, I, fifty million dollars was well, all they the, could do. Does somebody else have a max contract? 
Yeah, I think they have thrown out a lot of maxes, but I think the issue when it comes to Manafort and people like him is you sign him up long term, and you're looking at going into the tax if you're gonna, if you're going to want anybody else. Right, that's true. That's true. So we woke up. Here, here were the developments today. We woke up. Paul Manafort, big contract with uh, oligarch <laughs> with ties to Putin. That Just new CBA big. really getting you. <laughs> new CBA really brought him down. Um, Devin Nunez. Lost his motherfucking mind. Rep. Devin Nunez, head of the House Intel Committee. Yeah. Uh, still unclear kind of what happened there. Um, for, the, for the listeners, when you say lost his mind, what do you mean? What I mean is, so he, go, so he holds this press conference where he says he found evidence that as a part of a legal FISA warrant, Trump or Trump transition officials were incidentally surveilled which basically means that you know if the government is wiretapping somebody Mm -hmm. and this is any sort of wiretap domestic foreign whatever sure there are conversations that are relevant to the scope of the wiretap and there are conversations that are not and anybody who is picked up in a conversation that is not relevant to the scope of the tap you know, the surveillance warrant is considered an incidental. They were incidentally surveilled. And what Nunez said today was that he found evidence that Trump people were incidentally surveilled. And I think part of the problem was that their identities were unmasked within the intelligence community. And you're not supposed to do that. If somebody is incidentally surveilled, you're not supposed to reveal. So you're just like shows up. Representative uh, Devin Nunez received this information. Hold on, there's one, there's one, more, there's one more aspect of this. Okay, please, on. please, please. And then he went to the White House to brief the president on it. Now, so important to note, he yes. says it had nothing to do with Russia. But hmm. also these people are liars. <laughs> also, these people's campaign manager was paid $10 million a year to aid Russia's interests throughout the world. Right. And then finally, the last development today is on CNN tonight. They're saying, what, what was the official? That they have seen evidence of collusion. Yes. That not only is there an investigation into collusion, but there's evidence of it. Okay, well. Is that bad? <laughs> answer, it's not great. Not great. Um, I think the, I mean, obviously the only question left to answer is just in what form is that collusion going to come out? It's clear that they've spoken. I don't know if we're ever going to get anything definitive. I agree that people are looking for a smoking gun that when you're talking about conversations and negotiations like this, probably not going to be stronger than already exists. I mean, I find that unless somebody flips, right. But I mean, like, I find things like the sale of that the Russian oil company for the after the Carter Page thing. I feel I find that pretty compelling, and that's probably about as definitive as the stuff gets, right? Yeah. Yes, Rachel Maddow. Which is <laughs> everyone come check out my show. We have the tax returns. Um. Yeah. <sighs> Who knows? Who fucking knows? I've stopped believing in anything anymore. So who you stop believing in anything anymore, John? Yeah. Sad. The, <laughs> here's the thing: they low, collaborated with energy. they collaborated with Russia. 
That's what happened. Russia certainly wanted this to happen. James Comey wasn't tall enough to stop it. Oh, and but he's so, so tall. He's incredibly tall, he's but he six, was not eight. tall enough. He is six eight and not tall enough to stop it. Forgot. I think we should just start calling him Tall Jimmy. <laughs> tall Jimmy. Can you imagine FBI Director Tall Jimmy? It would be great if, if like Clapper was really short or something. And we had Tall Jimmy and Small Jimmy. Can we call him Small Jimmy? Because <laughs> he's probably Clapper. relative to James Comey. James <laughs> Clapper is probably Small Jimmy. I'm down. I just, you know, I've come to terms with a lot of this, and now, I well, I primarily I would like it to stop. I would like it to go away. Uh, short of that happening, you know, I'm going to watch the NCAA tournament. I'm going to watch the NBA playoffs. I'm going to call my representatives. I'm going to read Politico every morning like an informed, qualified <laughs> voter. <laughs> and I'm going to go about my day. No, I'm, you know, I apologize to Politico. That's not fair. But I, I will read them sometimes. <laughs> and I'm going to go about my day because... You know, when people ask the question, like, how do you survive? I think the answer is you go to bed and you wake up the next morning and you think about these things and you fight. But there has to be the recognition that not only can not one person stop this in any given day, collectively, unless that collective group includes House Republicans, who, again, again, I think it needs to be said on the record a thousand times, do have the power to end this. Right. Until the collective group includes them, there is there is nothing that can be done. Right. I mean, there has to be political pressure. Yeah, they have to I be agree. Scared for their lives, for their professional lives. I agree. Um, before we go, I do have I have yeah we have one, one yeah what we have time for one more thing. Well, we have uh, time for a recurring bit, but I did just want to ask John. I mean, it is it is the reason. For the season, I don't know about you, but uh, around this time every year, I find myself getting rather sick. Right. Um, I'm laid up because I got the madness, baby. March madness. Oh, my God. How's your bracket doing? Mine's doing bad. My bracket I is... say this knowing how your bracket's doing because we're in the <laughs> My bracket is not worth the paper it was electronically printed on. Yeah, no, no, that's mine. I'm going to wipe my ass with it later. Um, just, it's awful. Just on, only question on it. Who would you like to win it at this point? Um, Knowing that nothing matters and, and chaos is the only thing to root for. Literally whoever would be the most – who's the most chaotic? Like Xavier. Xavier's the 11 seed. I want Xavier to win. Xavier to win. I think uh, Butler would be pretty crazy. Yeah, Butler would be fun. Great. Um, okay. Do, well, you have, do you have some things to ask me if they're boss or not boss? I do have okay. some things. Give me just, four of them. Perfect. All right. I'm going to ask for those listeners who somehow started listening to this podcast after I was on it last September um, and are listening to it now. Occasionally, I will ask John, the foremost Springsteen expert I know, whether something is boss or it's not boss. So we're going to start real easy, John. Um, would you say that the AHCA is, uh, is that boss or not boss? Gotcha. Not boss. Now, does it have to do with the boss's working man mentality? That really, well, really let's start with that. Focus. It's a mess of a bill that nobody likes. Okay. That, uh, that makes it not boss to start. Not with. boss to you. Okay. Um, LeVar Ball. Oh. I don't know. That poor guy. Those poor kids. 
<laughs> well, you got to answer this one because the next one is Lonzo. <laughs> Lonzo's boss, Lavar, is not boss. Do you think Donnie would have ended up the same if Lavar Ball was his father? Donnie? Yes, Donnie Trump. Uh, no. I think he would have been a much happier person, I and think I think that speaks to. I think Lavar Ball hugs his children, perhaps too much and too closely. Yes. Um, so we've got Lavar is yeah. not boss. Lonzo is boss. Okay, one more. Lonzo is very boss. Hmm. And John, is it boss or not boss? If the silver bullet existed, <laughs> that would finally end this. And Rachel Maddow has it on TV, but you have to wait three hours after she tweeted it to find out about it. Oh, it'd be so boss. <laughs> that would be so boss. I mean, those three hours would be infuriating on Twitter, but then it'd be great. Plus the 45 minutes that you watched her show before she actually told you uh, that he's done. Just get me the P-tape. <laughs> just get me the P-tape. All right. All right. Well, that, uh, All right. That's, I, see, that feels like a good note to end on. Absolutely. Brendan, thanks so much for being on this week. Of course. Uh, and thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week. As always, you can subscribe on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, or Stitcher. Oh, uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday, the day we put this out... I'm going to be on the 100 podcast tomorrow on Friday on their sports episode. Uh, Emily and Tristan, you may remember them from a few weeks ago. They had me on and we talk sports or, well, I talk sports and they listened and had some interesting things to add. Uh, So check that out. Uh, I promised them I'd plug it. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. See you guys next week. Peace. Bye.